Um, and so if you've been reading with us in this first week, chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you've, heard, you've read about Jesus being born. You've read about the family line he was born into. You've read about how when he was baptized and then he was, was um, tested and tempted in the wilderness with isolation and with uh, hunger and temptation. And then his ministry begins in Matthew's gospel, Matthew's account of his life with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and then we're partway through that as this week we prepare to read chapters 6 to 10. We're going to finish reading the Sermon on the Mount in the first two chapters, and then we're just straight into Jesus' ministry, into some action-packed chapters as Jesus travels around preaching, as he begins calling people to follow him as his specific disciples, as he calms a storm in an instant. And as Jesus begins to send out his disciples then as apostles, as sent ones to represent him and do ministry themselves with his power and with his authority. Um, It's going to be a, a good week of reading and you'll enjoy discussing it in your small groups as well. I have already read it um, in preparation for today. And I, what I want to do um, just for, for the rest of our time together this morning is point out to you the thing that just leapt off the screen, off the words to me about these chapters in Matthew and about Jesus. Jesus healed people. Jesus healed people. Miraculously, instantaneously, often up close, but, but sometimes at a long distance, sometimes with prayer, sometimes just with a word, sometimes with physical touch or some other kind of action. Jesus healed, 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 healed all kinds of people with all kinds of afflictions and illnesses and oppressions and disabilities. Jesus healed anyone from anything and everything. Now, I've read the New Testament enough to know that this is normal for Jesus. But that also means that I've read the New Testament enough for it to become normal to me. That, oh yeah, Jesus heals people. But I just want to want to remind us again today in the next few minutes how incredible it is. How abnormal it is that Jesus healed people. If you lived at the time of Jesus anywhere in that area as news traveled around by donkey or camel or people walking on foot or maybe the occasional letter, you would have heard about what Jesus was doing. And we see this in the gospel accounts. He would go to a new place and there'd be people that had already heard about him and they would just get get to him as soon as they could in any way that they could because they knew if they could just meet Jesus, if they could just be face to face with him, if they could just get close enough to touch him, there would be no maybes. There would be no possiblies. They knew Jesus could heal them. That, that is absolutely incredible. Because I know some really great doctors and I know some incredibly faithful, passionate Christian people And I even know some faithful, passionate Christian doctors, but none of them are able to heal like Jesus did. You're going to discover as you read these chapters that healing was a huge part of Jesus' ministry. And we're going to talk today about why that was and how incredible it was. But but because Jesus lived so long ago, and because 
we've often, like, like I have, read it enough times, it becomes familiar and it becomes distant. And, and if you're like me, you've prayed for healing and haven't seen it in the way that Jesus did or his apostles did. And so for all of those reasons and lots of other others, Jesus' ability to heal becomes normal or boring or irrelevant, and it just fades into the background. But I want to bring it to the front again today. Jesus healed people. Why? And, and what does that mean for us today? So we want to highlight just a few of the different stories quickly, uh, and then, then we'll wrap up by looking all, at all of the different healing accounts in these, just these five chapters. So first, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, all these um, stories and passages will be on the screen, and you can follow along to make sure I'm not just making it up as well. So Matthew eight sixteen, which you, uh, you will read on uh, Wednesday this week if you follow the reading plan. It says, that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. One of the reasons why... Jesus healing people was so important for his ministry is that because it was a sign of he was the one that God had promised to send. It was a sign that he was God's Messiah. He was the one that God, through the prophet Isaiah, some hundreds of years before, had promised would come. Jesus healing people is an indication that, hey, I'm the guy, I'm the one that God had promised. Now, now, Isaiah wouldn't have really known or imagined what this would look like in a human being. He just knew because God had inspired him to prophesy, to predict that someone was coming who would bear the weight of people's sorrow and sickness and sin. And so then when Matthew is, is writing his account, he's thinking about what Isaiah said and thinking about the life of Jesus. And he said, this guy is that. This is the guy that Isaiah wrote about to say that he would take our sicknesses away. He would remove our diseases. This is the one we've been waiting for. Jesus is the king that God had promised. And that's one of the big reasons why Jesus healed so many people to prove, to show he is God's Messiah. And, and today's message really is primarily about Jesus. I just want to point out how incredible he is and the amazing things that he did and does. But as soon as we talk about healing, it's, it's really natural to start thinking about us and about Jesus healing us. And, and I know as you do, the pain of unanswered prayers for healing. And, and I know the pain of, of, of thinking or, or believing or trusting that God had promised healing for someone or in some way and, and it doesn't happen in that way. And it can be difficult to appreciate Jesus' healing power when he walked the earth when I don't experience his healing power in the same way today or with the same consistency. So as we keep looking through these stories, we're going to talk about Jesus, but it's a, it's a natural connection to just keep coming back to reflect on what does that mean for us. And I want to offer not a, not a full 
comprehensive explanation of what God's healing could look like today, but just a few thoughts along the way. But first, it's important to recognize that when Jesus healed people, it wasn't just about them. It was also about him. His miracles were a walking sign that he is king. And so as we get into this, let's recognize that any healing, any miracle, anything good we receive from Jesus today is still a sign of who he is. It's not just about us. It's also about him, him as God's Messiah. The good things he does in the world today are not just for our benefit, but also for his benefit as a sign of who he is. Next story. We'll go back just a few verses. The start of chapter 8. In verse 2, we read, Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him, Jesus, and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now, we don't really experience leprosy in Australia today, but it's a, it's a horrible skin disease. And, and it doesn't, in, today if you had it, it would affect a big part of your life. But in Jesus' time, it affected everything about your life because it didn't just affect you physically, but it made you a social outcast. You weren't allowed to go near anyone or, or, or touch anything that healthy people were touching. But, but somehow this lepra, leper, the man with leprosy, had heard about Jesus and maybe from the stories, maybe he'd been standing a long way away at a distance and he'd seen what Jesus was doing. Somehow he knew and he believed that Jesus could heal him and make him clean. So remember that Jesus came as God's Messiah. Now, in his day, some people thought that that was as like God's agent, separate to God. But Jesus repeatedly made the connection, not just that he was sent by God, but that he was God, representing God, the Son of God, God in human form. And so what Jesus does next, he does as God in human form. You want to know how God treats outcasts and dirty people and sick people? It says in verse 3, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Jesus touched him. You, you don't do that, not just for fear of, of being unclean, you know, like physically yourself, but because it would make you ceremonially unclean and ruin your week until you became clean again by the ceremony and by the rituals. Jesus showed that God is compassionate. Jesus showed that this is what God is like. He cares about people who are suffering. He cares enough to offer them human touch that the man may not have had in years. And he said, I am willing. Jesus showed us, demonstrated that God cares about and cares for people who need healing. You want to know what God is like? Je Jesus showed us what God is like. Jesus showed us that God is compassionate, has compassion on us. And if this is what God is like for that leper, it also means that God's compassion exists for you in your pain and your suffering. If you need healing today, God's attitude towards you is compassion. And 
And it extends beyond physical healing as well, God's compassion. It means that when we ask Jesus to heal today, if we were to pray for someone else for their healing, it means that we can demonstrate his compassion even in that offer to pray for them and pray with them. So, so today, when I pray for someone for healing, um, I don't do it with bold certainty. Like, if they were healed in front of me, I would be more surprised than they are. Um, that's the level of my certainty in praying for healing. Quite different from Jesus. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But what I can do is not guarantee that they'll be healed, but I can demonstrate God's compassion for them in that offer to pray. Jesus even if the man had not been healed, if Jesus had, had just touched him and said, I am willing, that would have demonstrated God's compassion in ways that that man experienced from no other human being. The fact that he was also healed is like compassion plus compassion through the roof, just the touching and the being willing to. So all healing, all healing is a sign of God's compassion. And we can show that compassion to others even just through the simple act of being willing to pray for them. The next sign, in Matthew chapter 9, the next chapter, verse 2. This is one of my favorite stories. Some people brought to Jesus a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, the group bringing the man, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were there, they said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Now, Jesus knew what they were thinking. This is really interesting. He, he doesn't, he, Jesus sees the faith of the people bringing the man on the mat, and he knows what the religious teachers are thinking as well. So Jesus knows that, and he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say stand up and walk? Jesus doesn't heal the man at this point. Jesus forgives his sins, which really ticks off the religious professionals because they know only God can do that. And this is obviously Jesus claiming to be God. They know what's going on. This is one of the ways that he does it, but he's about to prove that he's God and prove that he can forgive sins with a miracle, another miracle. So to answer Jesus' rhetorical question, just just think this through rhetorically with me. If there's a paralyzed person, right here on the stage, cannot walk, legs are are bent and contorted, unable to walk, and Jesus is here, and Jesus says to the man, your sins are forgiven, and then says to the man, now get up and walk. Which one of those are you more likely to believe if the man doesn't move? Well, you go, well, he's not moving, so clearly he's not physically healed, and so you know, maybe Jesus has the power to forgive sins. It's way easier to make a statement that you can't prove externally. That's what Jesus is about to do. He has said something that they can't prove. He's claiming to be God. So he says, what's easier? Would it have been easier if I said, get up and walk? Well, no, of course not, because you'd need to see that. But I've just said his sins are forgiven, which he can't prove, except maybe with some inner peace. So so let me prove to you, next verse, verse 6, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I'll show you that I can do the harder thing. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. 
and fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen and they praised God for giving humans such authority. Jesus heals to demonstrate that he is God's Messiah. He heals to demonstrate God's compassion and he also heals to demonstrate God's forgiveness all in one move. He proves that he, the son of man, that's him referring to himself as the son of God. He proves that he has the authority to forgive sins by doing the much harder thing, by taking the full burden of proof and proving that not only can he forgive sins, but also he can heal. I can do the difficult thing and I can do the easy thing. When we pray for healing today, It's also important to remember that Jesus has already done the much more difficult, much bigger things. This is what we celebrated in communion. Jesus forgave that man's sins. Jesus forgives our sins in his death on the cross. He has promised eternal life for us and eternal healing in heaven with his resurrection to new life. And so, When we pray for physical healing today and we don't see the physical result, we can still know that God has done the much harder, much more difficult, much more important miracle. We can have faith like we sang that even when we can't see it, God is still working and always able to do both the difficult and the easy. So when you read this week, you're going to read nine times or nine accounts of Jesus healing people and not just nine individual people. Some of them are healing everyone from everything. Let me show you on the screen. Jesus heals a man with leprosy by touching him. We've talked about that. Jesus heals the servant of an officer at a distance with just a word without even seeing him. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law who had a fever. I hope they had a good relationship because otherwise Peter wouldn't have been so stoked with that particular miracle. I have a wonderful mother-in-law. I would be over the moon. Anyway, hopefully Peter does too. Jesus heals two men who are oppressed by demons uh, and he sends the demons into a herd of pigs. Jesus heals a man who was paralyzed. We just talked about that. He jumped up and walked home. Jesus heals a woman who came through the crowd and approached Jesus from behind and just touched just the hem of his clothes believing that if she could just do that, if she could just touch the hem of his clothes, that she would be healed. And Jesus noticed her, encouraged her, and she was healed. Jesus raised the young daughter of a religious leader from the dead when he held her hand. Jesus healed two blind men who called out his name and he asked them, do you believe that I can heal you? And they said, yeah, we believe that. And he touched their eyes and said that because they believed it happened, it would, believed it could It would, and it did. And Jesus healed a man who was oppressed by a demon and couldn't speak. Jesus healed people all the time from all sorts of different things. But notice how he rarely healed the same way twice. Even just in these chapters, nearly every single one is different. 
There's no formula for how Jesus did it. Not just different things that needed healing and freedom, but different ways that the healing happened. And and it can be the same today. We might hear about a a modern day healing story and think, well, that's, oh, that's how it happens. I've just got to get to that place or see that people or pray that exact prayer or do that exact thing and it'll happen for me. But, but that, that's not what happens. That's not how Jesus did it. It was different and unique each time. The common element is the power and the authority of Jesus. And the last thing that I want to point out to you from this list and a couple other passages is that Jesus didn't usually heal by asking God to heal. He just healed. He just, he just did it. He had the authority to provide healing directly to people, which is incredible. But what's even more incredible is that he shared his authority with others to do the same. So in Matthew chapter 10, this is the first time Jesus sends his disciples out. He'll do it a few times. This time is actually very specific. You'll read about how he sends them to a specific group of people. But by the end of of Matthew, in chapter 28, he'll be sending everyone who would ever follow him. He'll send all of us out to represent him in the same way. But here's the first time. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles, Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. Jesus didn't just heal people himself. Jesus gave his authority to his disciples to also heal. And I love the two different words here, the difference. You know, disciples, we've talked about this in the last few weeks. A disciple is like an apprentice. They follow, they learn, they try to become like their master, the person they're apprenticing themselves to. Apostles are sent out. Disciples follow and apostles go. And so Jesus called his disciples to him as apprentices. And he said, now you guys go. Now you guys are are like the masters. You guys go out and, and you are me. You represent me. You go with my power and my authority. The ones who follow Jesus and his authority still do, but have also been given Jesus' authority and been sent out. And even Judas which is really encouraging for us who are not perfect, that even Judas, with what he was going to do in in losing faith in Jesus, even he was given Jesus' authority and sent out. So Jesus' healing is a sign of God's authority, and not just authority that he holds, but authority that he shares. And this is an important transition for the disciples, but it's also for us as well. It was really important for the early church to continue giving those signs about who Jesus was, but it's important for us today because Jesus' authority and his power are still given to the people who follow him. You and I aren't just followers of Jesus. We aren't just apprentices of Jesus. He also sends us out with his authority to represent him. And so if Jesus could heal people with his authority in his ministry and the apostles could heal people with Jesus' authority in their ministry, can you and I heal people with Jesus' authority in our ministry? Let me give you one quick example. This is, I find this incredibly um, challenging and confronting. Um, this is how the apostles 
did their ministry. This is one example in Acts chapter 3. This is after Jesus has ascended to heaven. Notice that, that when they, they try to heal this person, they don't beg and petition and ask God to heal. They, they just heal. In, in Acts chapter 3 verse 6, Peter said to a man who couldn't walk, I don't have any silver or gold for you, which is what the man had asked for. Hey, I need some money. And he's like, I don't have any to give you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. And the man did. That, that's incredibly confronting to me because if I ever dared to try and see Jesus' healing power, it would be by desperately asking and trusting. But that's not how the apostles did it. That's not the example that we see in the New Testament. We can ask, we should ask, we should keep asking, that's good. But, but also the example that we see, what Jesus said he would do through the ones he sent out, is to use his authority to cast out evil spirits and use his authority to heal. This is incredibly inspiring about Jesus and incredibly challenging about you and I. Because I have not seen people healed with the same consistency or the same miracles that Jesus did or that his apostles did. Or even as some other people who are alive today see healing. And there could be all sorts of reasons for that. But the big one that stands out in my mind is, is that Jesus said he only ever did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus was so connected to God, his Father. He abided so closely that he would know in advance when God's healing power was, was going to be active in healing people. And so Jesus would step into that and do it. Now, I want to abide in him as well, but I don't have that same experience or that same sense. So it's, it's more just having a go, asking, trying to use the authority that I know Jesus has given me. But even though I don't see it as clearly, it shouldn't stop me from trusting and from trying to emulate Jesus and his apostles in seeing healing. So I can ask God to heal and I can keep asking. But also what I learned from Jesus healing people is that I can use his authority to speak healing over others. So I want to keep trying and experimenting. And I want to keep using Jesus' authority in ways that point to him being king. To use it in ways that show his compassion, that show his forgiveness, and in ways that bring healing and freedom. In a couple of weeks' time, um, on a Sunday night, we're going to have a, a prayer and worship night. So without a message, it's a time to worship more and to pray more together. And on that night, we want to have a, a theme and a focus on healing as well. But I also think it's right um, today to pray for healing and to even gently, compassionately practice using the authority that Jesus shares for healing with those who are in the room today as well. Um, now, I would really rather not, to be honest. Like as I've prepared for this and, and as I was arriving into today, I'm going, I would rather not do this um, because then I can control the outcome. If we don't do it, it definitely won't happen. Um, but I, I, I think we're supposed to. Um, and I can't promise anything. I am just looking at the example of Jesus 
and, and I've asked some people to, to pray in preparation to, to join Laura and I in, in being here to pray with you, but also to use the authority of Jesus in speaking healing over you after the service today. Um, our pastoral leaders, our staff team, and there's a, a prayer group that meets on Wednesday morning. I've asked each of them as well. So after the service, um, we'll be available just around the front here as others move around. Um, and if you would like to receive compassionate prayer, and for you're happy for us to have a go at doing what Jesus did and what he asked his followers to do, then we'll also speak life and healing and freedom over you with his authority. But let's just... Let's just take a minute. Let's just pause in in prayer and and reflection. Um, And then I want to pray. And then after that, we'll sing together. And then Laura will lead us to that prayer response after we sing together again. Let's just pause. Jesus, we don't want to just receive the invitation to follow you, but we also want to receive your command to go in your name. Not just to come, but also to be sent. And we want to do that trusting in you completely, continuing to follow your leading. We want to see how you're working as we move forward. But we know that we go with your power and with your authority. And we pray that you would teach us to, to use what you have shared with us in ways that point to you and make you look good, in ways that show your compassion, in ways that rely on your forgiveness, the, the greatest miracle. But also in ways that seek to see real physical miracles and healing today. And so, God, we humbly ask that that as we pray and we minister to one another um, in the next few minutes, God, we ask that the authority and the power of Jesus would rest with us just as he promised it would. In his name. Amen. So would you join us please in standing? Let's sing this song together and then afterwards Laura will lead us in that response time as as we close the service.